0: All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and transition. So um, I know we were late on the coffee, so if you need to go get a warm-up, go ahead and do that. Um, I was joking with somebody. We're talking about spiritual disciplines today, so we're going to start out with... uh, There's different ways you can slice and dice, them. one of them is uh, disciplines of attachment versus detachment. So we're going to start with uh, the spiritual discipline of detachment from coffee, um, to reveal how much <laughs> we rely on it, <laughs> yeah. Frank's like, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, yeah, I don't want to be that spiritual. Um, I'm, I'm, there too. Now, I, uh, <clears throat> I think I've gotten maybe about 30 minutes of rim sleep in about the last two weeks. So, if I start to drool or mumble, um, just throw something up here at me. Um, keep, keep me on track. Now, it's it, it's interesting, you know when. Uh, when you've got to teach or, or do something like that, it's like everything just comes out of the woodwork. So, you know, kids not sleeping or babies back to like two hours a night. Although he did pretty well last night, but, you know, sick kids and all that. So, um, so I'm saying is just need a lot of grace. Um, so let's, uh, let's pray and, uh, and we'll jump in. Father, you are so good to us. Um, in so many ways, so many ways that, that are seen, in so many ways that are unseen, uh, and there are so many ways that, that we, we fail you, and yet there are also so many ways that your, your grace um, has so transformed us that, uh, Lord, we bring you joy as we walk after your heart. And, um, Lord, it's our desire that we grow in godliness and that we come to be more like you. And so I ask that in this time as we look at spiritual disciplines, Lord, that you would teach us and uh, Lord, let this uh, be more than just uh, a discussion, more than just knowledge, but let it be something um, that you can use in us, Lord, for the rest of our lives, um, just to help us cooperate more fully with you in what you want to do in us. So Lord, we give this time to you and pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, talking about spiritual disciplines. So, what what are some disciplines? What are some spiritual disciplines you guys are familiar with? Just name them off. Read, the Read the Bible. Quiet time? Quiet time. Prayer? Yep. What's that? Back. Fasting. Fasting, definitely. I, I, I thought you said bathing at first, and I was like, well, I guess that, that could be, but yes, fasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, others? Other disciplines? Anything that you guys are familiar with or you've heard of? Going to church? Going to church? Okay. <laughs> it's a short list. All right, good. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we see a lot of them in, in the scripture. Some of them we've kind of appropriated, um, at our time in, in church or in community. Um, just curious, what, what disciplines have you found helpful? Prayer? Yeah. Prayer is helpful. Um, and what, why is that? Yeah, there, there's an aspect of encounter, I think that that goes beyond our ability a lot of times to. Uh, I can't really connect the dots, but he met me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what what challenges or frustrations have you encountered with spiritual disciplines? Consistency. Consistency. I've never uh, had that problem. That's why. You're No, no. Actually, if you could have seen, if we're keeping it right, if you could have seen my track record this this week, you'd be like, why are you teaching on this? (laughs) Consistency, yes, yes. What else? Other challenges? Distractions. Distractions. Yeah. There's a lot that can get in the way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, a lot of times we can, God, is this working? Am I doing this right? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Doing it to check a box. Mm. Yeah, yep, the checkbox syndrome, yep, just got to do it, I know I'm supposed to, Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Anybody ever felt dry? So dry. dry. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're you're in good company, um, and we're we're going to talk about that some. Um, so, if you had to define a spiritual discipline, what what is a spiritual discipline? How would you define it? Okay. Yeah. Steps to draw close to God. Yeah. And there there's no there's no chapter and verse in the Bible that says spiritual discipline is defined as so it's it's open. So doing your best to follow Jesus example. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Following Jesus example. Okay. Anybody else when you think about a spiritual discipline what is it? Carlos. The exercise that
1: make a uh, grow uh, inside spiritually.
0: Hmm. So exercise, like that word, exercise to help you to grow inwardly, spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Fellowship, fellowship with god Fellowship with God. I think honing the communication channel. Hmm yeah communication big part of it definitely, definitely well we we've kind of touched on a lot you know I, I think we're all familiar with the idea, especially if if you've been around uh, fellowship for a while or if you've you've been a believer for a while so um, where do we go from here uh, so my my story, just to give some some context, um, I grew up in the church my Mom was a believer. My dad is not. He's, uh, although he may soon be, so you can be in prayer for him, um, going through the Bible with him, which is really exciting uh, after, like, he just turned 70 this year, so um, really encouraging. Uh, but he and his whole side of the family is cultural Jewish. Um, so, you know, growing up in the church, mom took us to a you know, the local Southern Baptist church around the corner. It was, uh, you know, all right, read the Bible and pray. So growing up as a kid, all right, I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to pray. And, and that was about it. Um, when I got older and I was in, in my, my teen years and I really started to try to, you know, make this faith mine, you know, I had I had, a, had a conviction that if this is what I believed, you know, I really wanted to pursue it and and live it. And so you know, pretty soon when you make that decision, you come face to face with that gap of, well, I know this is where God wants me to be, but this is where I feel like I am. How do I, how do I close that gap? Um, and so the church that I was a part of um, during those years, the, the message that I got a lot was um, if you had to summarize it, it was, you know what, if, if, if you're trying, then that's effort. And what you need to do is you need to come to a place of rest where it's no longer about you and your effort, but it's about you trusting God to do what only God can do. And so it was kind of this like let go and let God theology, which there's an aspect of truth to that. Jesus calls us to to remain in him and to rest in him, Um, but we're also called to do we're called to uh, to 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 train to to put this into practice, and so, um, uh, what one of the most helpful quotes I, I ever heard about that was um, from Dallas Willard. He he said, "Grace is not opposed to effort; it's opposed to earning." Um, I thought, you know what? That's 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 true. Like grace says, there's never anything that we can do to earn God's favor, um, and to earn His work in our life. It's not transactional. Um, and yet, there is this sense of we are still called to put into practice and to apply effort to live out what he's called us to do. Um, so as a young adult, um, you know, got turned on to spiritual disciplines. Uh, somebody, she may have been my brother, gave me this book. Has anybody read this before, Celebration of Discipline? Yeah, some folks familiar with that. Uh, by, by Richard Foster. Um, Still, such a just such such a great book in in talking about the role of the disciplines in our life, and then giving some practical guidance in terms of how to actually um, practice them. And so, you know, oh man, all right, I've got a runway ahead of me. I got something I can do. I'm making progress, and so you know, my quiet times are just feeling so um, fruitful, and just every time it's like, oh God, God, you're you're so good. You're showing me new things. you know, building this mental map of my theology and understanding the world and understanding you and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and it's, it's, it's great. It's great. It's very, um, very rich. And so, you know, my experience goes on like that for a while until, uh, you know, about the beginning of this past decade, which I, I guess would be around the time we started having kids. Um, and uh, it just dried up. You just dried up. I mean, I would go to the Word, like nothing. Um, it was good. I was still learning, but that that sense of of you know of of sweetness and, and kind of the warm fuzzies, you know, that I was used to, were gone. Um, so what do you do? You know, you know, I found myself kind of doubling back. All right, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. You know, maybe I'm not doing it enough. Maybe I need to do more reading. Maybe I need to do more praying. Um, But what I learned through the experience is that there are seasons in which God is working in our lives in different ways, and in some seasons that does feel, you know, we have that sense of consolation that a lot of times when we're younger we have. But then there are seasons, and it's not forever, but there are seasons when He's moving in our hearts in a different way, and so um, there's a need to understand that, but there's also a need to maybe engage in the disciplines in a different way. But if we understand the overall role of the spiritual disciplines, then it's easier to cooperate with him and to get a sense of what he's trying to do. So that's where I want to go. So I've got some handouts i go ahead and give to you guys. Thanks, oh, Thanks, Joe one per table. Can you hand that to Richard? Thanks. That's to those guys. All right. That shouldn't be enough. Thanks. Everybody got one? Need another one? Yeah, I've got extra copies if there's, if we need more. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so you can see how my brain works, so if you're a list guy or an outline guy, um, you're really going to enjoy this, I guess. <laughs> I, I was joking with uh, Dennis, just... Uh, I don't know. My 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 brain is kind of sick sometimes. I, I was joking with him a few weeks ago about you know all right when it's my turn to teach I'm going to come down and it, I just have in my mind that the theme music from the Price Is Right is playing in the background. <laughs> so he was actually going to play it this morning, but we uh, had a technical difficulty. So I just have just have to imagine that. Um, all right. So so context. So let's let's put this discussion of spiritual disciplines in, in context. So. In in three places, so uh, first area context is is biblical, Um, and that's just to say that you know we see the concept of spiritual disciplines and commands to practice them, and even the examples um, of them spread across Scripture. Um, So you know if if this whole concept is nowhere grounded in Scripture. Um, it's not really something probably that we, we want to engage in. But no, there's, there's definitely commands, right? We're commanded to pray. Um, we are uh, you know, commanded to uh, to learn and meditate on the Word of God. Um, Jesus has an assumption um, that we will fast. Um, you know, when the bridegroom is taken away, then they will fast. There, there's an assumption there. Um, And there's examples, um, obviously, throughout Scripture of uh, believers, Old Testament and New Testament, practicing these. So we see Daniel, you know, fixed hours during the day, he's praying. Um, We see uh, David meditating upon the law of the Lord. Um, We even see Jesus um, taking times of solitude to get away from everything that's going on, to go to a desolate place and to spend time with the Father. So it, it is biblical. Um, so what's the theological context? So as we're talking about these different areas of, of, of theology, where does this fall? And so it, it falls under the, um, it's the, the doctrines of salvation, um, under sanctification, in the ordo salutis, or the order of salvation. There's a little typo after that. But that's just to say that it's important that when we think about spiritual growth, um, we maintain this distinction between what God has accomplished in our justification and in our sanctification, so if our justification is where um, he He imputes christ's righteousness to us and now he accounts us as, as righteous in his eyes, sanctification is is the working out of that, so it's not us trying to earn a right standing with god but it's 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 where he now takes that work that he said, all right, I'm declaring you as righteous and now I'm actually going to make this a reality um, in your life where we actually become righteous as he has declared us. And so final context, I, I would say is, is missional. Um, and, and I don't want us to lose sight of this. You know, this, our spiritual growth is not just for us. Um, And I think a lot of times, I know myself, um, I fall into that trap uh, because I, honestly, I just live in my head a lot. And so it's a lot about, you know, my struggle or my experience of God. But um, everything that we see in Scripture is that what God does in us is so that it might flow through us. And so if the mission that we have been given is to make disciples, then we we ourselves need to, be, need to be growing as disciples because we need to be a picture, like Crawford says, of the destination of where we're calling people to. We want people, you know, we'll never be perfect, um, but when we engage people with the gospel, there should be something about our lives where they can look and say, you know what, I, in some way I can see Christ in them. And so disciplines are a way of, of helping that to form. So why are they needed? Why are they needed? So three things here. uh, And this really gets down to to motivation. Motivation. There is a biblical expectation that we grow in godliness. So there's an expectation that we grow in godliness. 1 Timothy 4.7. It says, train yourself... For godliness, so we're commanded to to train for the purpose of godliness. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, then there are all, all those verses where God talks about you know, His desire is for us to be holy. We're commanded to be holy. Um, in Leviticus nineteen two, be holy as I am holy. Right. That's that's God's desire for us is 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 to reflect him in that. Uh, Matthew five forty eight when Jesus says, um, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, anybody perfect? <laughs> no. No. Um, but what do we do with these? That, that's really where I want to drive. I, I think a lot of times we let ourselves off the hook because, you know, we think, well... Obviously, we can never make ourselves perfect enough, holy enough. And so, yes, there is a sense in, yes, we depend on the sacrifice and the righteousness of Christ. Um, But if we stop there, we miss the purpose of that. We miss the purpose, which is to now grow, to become in character like, like our Father. There's an expectation. Jesus' expectation is that we obey him. So Jesus' expectation is that we obey him. Jesus assumes that we will keep his commands. All those verses in John, he who loves me keeps my commands, keeps my commandments. It's it's just an assumption. Um, Again, this this is not heavy-handed, but if there's love growing in our heart for our Savior, we will follow him, we will obey him. And then, um, looking at Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, making disciples involves teaching people to obey Jesus. A lot of times when we, when we say the Great Commission, you know, go therefore to all the, the earth, and make disciples, um, a lot of times we, we hit on all right baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, but we miss those words right after that. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And so again, it's not just teaching. Content and knowledge is is necessary and it's important, but it's it's not sufficient. That should translate into an actual an actual following. So, so a question for us is do we have a plan? To come to the place where you know, we're working on obeying all that Christ has commanded. Do you have a way in, in your life to go through what he has taught and start to, uh, to follow that? Not in a haphazard way, but, um, but to begin to obey. So, just so- something, something to think about. You know, I think what that looks like is um let me, let me preface it. Yeah. What does that look like without it becoming legalistic? That's a good question. Um so we're we're gonna get into that. Um I think the place where we start is an acknowledgement that this is God's desire for us. Um that, and that's where I'm I'm trying to drive is Let's not get so far to the side of, well, Christ has covered it. You know, I'm just going to grow as I can. Like, let's, just like Paul says, let's take some steps to train. Let's, let's, let's think about how we can start to grow. And so um, what, what we'll get, get into are specific ways to do that, Carl Lester, um, that I think can save us from this becoming just about, all right, I just have to obey, and that now this is a fleshly endeavor. Um, I think at the core of spiritual disciplines is faith, and I think that's really what protects this from becoming legalistic. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think if we maintain that the, the core of disciplines is faith and is an engagement with God in faith, I think that helps.
2: Mm. Disciplines yeah. Yeah. It, keeps it
0: from becoming legalistic. Yes. Yeah. Not exactly. It, exactly. If if it is just our effort devoid of that encounter then yes, it it, it becomes legalistic definitely. Um well, so let's let's uh oh, one, one other piece and, and then we'll we'll jump in. I I think one other mo- motivation um and this helps as well. Is is just growing in freedom, right? We can either remain a, a slave to sin or become a slave to Christ. Um, and you you know that feeling that you've had when when God has has helped you to overcome besetting sin in your life, and you begin to feel that freedom of the Spirit within you, where you know what you don't have to do that anymore. Um, you're you are not enslaved to that. Um, we have the spirit within us to, to guide us into that. Um, but also, it, you know, it leads us to greater intimacy and fellowship with God. So if, um, just like Bob just, just said, if we're finding that we're never experiencing intimacy or growing fellowship with God, then that is a warning sign. You know, we, we, we do need to look at that. So, so what is the spiritual discipline? How do we define it? So, definition, Um, spiritual discipline is a training of the heart, a training of the heart in cooperation with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of growing in godliness. So, for the purpose of growing in godliness. So, let's, let's break that apart. So when we think of training, what's what's the purpose of training? Why do you train? Build up, the strength. Build up strength for for what? For what's that? To build up for, for reasons, better, more yeah, yeah, get better to get more more proficient. so for you guys who played sports in college professionally you know walk i don't know just just throw out like what what did your training regimen look like when you were playing yes, yes. discipline discipline you did things that you didn't want to yeah. okay Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's the rare
1: individual that can, you know, I listen to Herschel Walker, and I'm just like, you know, no, you can't still play today. <laughs> I don't believe all you did was push-ups, and, you know, you had this, big, this Yeah. and un- ungodly
2: strength. I mean, it's just like, like, maybe you were Hercules. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know. That's why your name is Herschel, but... but <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. I think,
3: uh, Carlos just said it perfectly. It's doing what you don't want to do sometimes. They have this mm-hmm. term they throw around a lot. It's like transitioning from like college to like professional. It's like being mm-hmm. a professional. And what that mm-hmm. really means is nobody has to tell you to work out or do the things to get mm-hmm. better. That means that the goal that you're ascribing to is so important that you're willing to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to to get there. And so you have that mindset. Yeah. So
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Ultimately, it all puts me closer to this
0: goal, this uh, whatever Yeah, I'm, I'm at. yeah, yeah. It's, it's about the goal. And so you, you do things that maybe you enjoy, maybe you don't enjoy. You need help. But it's, I mean, it's everything from the conditioning of, of your body, conditioning of your mind, I mean, your nu- nutrition. <laughs> I mean, all this kind of stuff that you're doing to train so that, you know, when you're on the field, it's not about how many push-ups you can do or how much you can bench press. It's about how you can perform in that moment on the field. And so all the training is for that purpose, right? So it's, it's, it's the same way when we think about spiritual disciplines. In that verse in uh, 1 Timothy 4-7, when Paul says, you know, train yourself for godliness, train, the Greek word there is gumnazo and so that is where we get the, the word gymnasium. It was a place of training, right? A place of training. Again, the goal is, is not how many push-ups you can do. It's, it's so that you train so that you can do something when, when, when called upon. So uh, on your sheet, spiritual disciplines are training to help us become the kind of person so they're training to help us become the kind of person who can obey God when called upon in a specific situation. So it's, it, it's about growing in the virtues um, in, in that moral character so that it is natural when we're called upon to love that difficult person to do that because we've actually been practicing outside of game time. Um, another way to think about it uh, is thinking in terms of the, the general command of God versus the specific command of God. So, um, general command would be love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Um, I need to, to be able to do that. That's God's intention for me to, to grow into that. But, you know, walking around, there's nobody that I know whose name is neighbor, you know, <laughs> there's, there's Joe. There's, you know, there's Richard, there's Bob. Um, so the specific call of God coming out of that general one would be, hey, you know what, when you're at work today and Bill has that really annoying habit that just <laughs> really gets on your nerves, um, love him, love Bill. That's the specific command of God. And so when we practice spiritual disciplines, what they do is they help us to to start to to practice those those areas of uh, of obedience and virtue in a general way so that when we're in that specific situation we've already been doing it we've already been learning from God how to do that we've been encountering him he's been working in our hearts so that now we're more able to do that when we're in that specific situation so do, does that does that make sense <laughs> Hey, hey, that, uh, um, that can actually be a very powerful <laughs> spiritual discipline. So, um, yeah, at which um, I've, I've practiced and I'm still practicing. So, um, <clears throat> so you know, it, in the end, um, you know, part of that definition, a training of the heart in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, um, that, that's important. And again, that's something that saves us from that legalism. In Philippians two twelve and 13, you know, Paul says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, right? Work out because it's God who's at work in you. And so, we're called to work it out, but we can do that because we know that God is at work within us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, there's a, there's a, a cooperation there. So, how do we engage in spiritual disciplines? Here's the general pattern. Lead with the body, lead with the body to open the heart to the spirit. We lead with the body to open the heart to the spirit. So we lead with the body. If you think about it, all spiritual disciplines involve the body. Um, when we're reading the Bible, we have to get our body to a certain place. We have to either turn on our device or we have to open the book. That's using our body. When we're praying, we may be closing our eyes, right? We're, we're being quiet. Um, we're, we're thinking with our brains. We're using our body. Um, when we're fasting, we're abstaining from eating, right? We're (laughs) maybe forcibly moving ourselves away from the food, um, we're, we're using our body, and the, the point here is that in our, in our growth and in our, our engagement in disciplines, we're not passive. <clears throat> we, can, we can use our body to begin to engage them. So this is within our control, right? We can present ourselves. We can engage. So we lead with the body. So engaging in a discipline is within our control. We are not passive. I said engaging in the discipline is in our control. We are not passive. So we lead with the body to open the heart. The core of every spiritual discipline is not the external action of what we are doing, but the opening of our hearts to God through that action. So the core of every spiritual discipline is not the external action, but it's the opening of our hearts through that action. So getting back to what was mentioned before, when we engage in a discipline, we should expect a confrontation. We should expect an encounter. Now, maybe it won't be as um, grandiose uh, as maybe some that we've, we've had, some past encounters with God, but there should be some way where we are encountering Him and He is confronting us with the truth of who He is and he's confronting the truth of, of who we are. So it is a confrontation of the truth of ourselves, the good and the bad. Sometimes it's, man, it's an affirmation in our heart of, you know what, this is real. I have accomplished this in you, and you have grown in joy. Sometimes it's, it's a confrontra- con- confrontation of the truth of ourselves about something that's, that's not good. You know, hey, you know what, this is going on in your heart. We need to take a look at that. We need to grow here. <clears throat> it's a confrontation with the truth of, <clears throat> of God. So, again, at, at the core of when we're practicing these disciplines, they should lead us to a place where God is, is starting to churn up within us. Hey, this is what's going on in, in, in your heart um, this is what I'm seeing over time. And here's my standard. Here is, here's who I am. And here's who you are. What's going on? What's going on? So, this is also why honesty, honesty is, is crucial. Honesty with ourselves. And honesty with God. God deals with us as we truly are, and if we keep trying to hold up the facade of who we think He wants us to be rather than we actually are or who others want us to be, and we're never able to go to those places in our heart that we can just be broken and honest before Him, we should not expect to make much progress. Because God wants to deal with the truth of who we are. And the truth demands honesty and, and authenticity and it just starts honestly with ourselves just being willing being willing to be honest with ourselves if you know what yeah i'm off the mark here <clears throat> just like you know paul said in romans i'm not condemned there's now therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in christ jesus <clears throat> but i recognize and i admit that All right, this is off. I need to bring this into the light. I need to confess it to the Lord. And I need him to work in my life. It begins with honesty. It begins with honesty and brokenness. So we lead with the body to open the heart to the spirit. It's not about transforming ourselves by our own strength, but about opening ourselves to the transforming power of God. So let's look at two passages, um, Colossians 2. 20 through 23. So can someone read that one? Colossians 2, 20 through 23. Bueller? Anybody? I'll read from the NASB says, uh, Go for it. <coughs> Yeah, so <clears throat> this to me is, is, a, is a picture of, um, you know, spiritual growth by gritting it out, right? We're just going to grit our teeth, and we're just going to do it. <clears throat> and Paul says, these are of, 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 of no value. Like, the, the Spirit is not at work in these things. These are all fleshly endeavors that we, that we do to try to change ourselves, but if God is not really involved in what we're doing, and we're not seeking to open ourselves and engage him in that discipline, ultimately they're going to be of, of, of little value. Um, one thing helpful when, when we become aware of a sin in our life, you know, a lot of times our, our tendency is we're just going to attack it, right? We're just going to, we're going to hit it head on and a lot of times we can just end up in that place where, you know what, we're just trying to, to grit it out. I'm not going to do it. 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 Do it. Um, what can be helpful about a spiritual discipline is that it, it enables us to do an end run around that sin to kind of do a, you know, a, a, a flanking maneuver <clears throat> to get at the, the root of that sin. So why, why are we engaged in that? Right? What's motivating us? What need are we going to fulfill that's leading to that sin? Well, we can practice a spiritual discipline that helps us to, to, to grow in an area of virtue where we're getting that need met in God. And so as that need becomes met in God through faith and through interaction with Him, the desire and the drive for that sin goes down. But it's not us hitting it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. It's about us engaging with the Lord around that, let's look at uh, Galatians chapter three, two and three. Let <clears throat> me have somebody read that as well. Galatians chapter three. Let me ask you only this: Did you receive
2: the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having been begun by the Spirit, or are
0: you now being perfected by the flesh? Hmm. Paul says, how, how are you saved? By faith. Now, how are you being perfected? <clears throat> By faith, right? They were, they were getting off. They were forgetting that. You know what? It's, it's faith. It's faith all the way through. So, if practiced rightly, a spiritual discipline will force us to examine an area of our heart in light of the gospel. And will present us an opportunity for us to exercise faith in Jesus. So let's, let's look at, at some examples of that. Um, <clears throat> Richard was so kind to point out. Um, driving in the car uh, presents us many opportunities for, uh, for growth. Um, so... There's, uh, you can have a, a, a discipline as simple as something like eliminating hurry, um, which I heard someone once say, you know what, if you really want to grow in godliness, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And if you start to do that, you will quickly come face to face with all the ways that you do not trust God, um, all the ways that... Uh, so in, in, in my experience, all right, I'm in the car. I'm, I'm going, but the person in front of me is slowing down. I'm on a, you know, I, there's only one lane. I can't pass them. I think I'm going to get there on time. May not, but I definitely know I'm not going to get there on time if I stay behind, you know, this yokel who's going like 10 miles under the, the speed limit. So what do I do? You know, everything within me wants to get on their bumper and gently kindly encourage them to to speed up. Um, But if we open ourselves to what's going on within our hearts in that moment, man, what is really driving me to want to do that to a person, to get up on their bumper and, and, and try to make them go faster? You know, it's really because I don't trust that, you know, if I've done everything, you know, I've gotten out on the road on time. I'm not really trusting that God is in control and that He's sovereign and that, you know what, whatever time I get in is what time I will get in and He can take care of that. But do I really believe that? Now that's all coming from a very basic practice of eliminating hurry. Um, Another one, stewardship. The discipline of, of, of stewardship, of on a regular basis, giving of the treasures that, that God has given us um, for, what, uh, for what He desires. Well, you know, very quickly, you know, it, anybody can attest when you start to tithe on a regular basis, you will be confronted with the question of, do I really trust that God is good? Do I really trust that you're a good Father, that you can give me everything that I need, just like Jesus promises? Do I really? Again, opening the heart. It's an opening of the heart to the Spirit, an engagement with God, an encounter with God that ultimately requires us to take a step of faith. Yes, Lord, I believe, or often, God, I believe, help my unbelief. Help me, help me. Um, One other example Uh, I've I've heard of a uh, a discipline called the the discipline of the last word. Um, For some of us, this is more difficult than others. Which actually gets to a point of you know what? Just because one person practices a specific spiritual discipline and it was very effective in their life doesn't necessarily mean that it should be for you. There are definitely ones that. We should all engage in, but, um, you know, different personalities, different challenges. Uh, but the discipline of, of the last word, if if you find that in a conversation with people you always feel like you kind of have to get the last word in, um, if you refrain from that and you purposely allow the person to end the conversation and you, and even if you have other things that you feel like you need to say to help, to make them understand you, if you Stop yourself from doing that. You will quickly come to the place in your heart where you begin asking, why do I feel like I need to do this? Why do I feel like I have to justify myself in the eyes of this person? Is it enough that I'm justified in God's eyes? Do I have to take this into my hands to justify myself? Or can I trust that the justification that Christ has Accomplished for me is enough. So again, it's putting ourselves in a context where we're being open to what God is doing in our heart. So challenges, and then we'll we'll get into the, the the practical. There's, yeah, go for it. Let's see. Spiritual discipline will force us to examine an area of our heart in light of the gospel yep in light of the gospel, and we'll present an opportunity for us to exercise faith in Jesus yep yep, no problem all right, challenges <clears throat> there's um three primary temptations um, when we're doing spiritual disciplines um, so when When you recognize that you've you've given into a sin, if you find yourself, if you find that it takes you a long time and a lot of struggle to admit that and confess that before the Lord, these first two may be your challenges. So one one temptation is to hide from guilt. So to hide from guilt rather than letting them expose our guilt. And drive us to God for pardon. Sometimes when we practice spiritual disciplines, it doesn't feel good. He's going to illuminate things in our heart that, that, that does not feel good. Um, and so if we struggle with the sense of guilt, a lot of times that will, um, we will allow that to keep us away from practicing. Because we just don't want to feel it. We don't want to go there. Another temptation is to cover our shame rather than trusting in Christ's covering righteousness. So, similar to guilt, you know, if, if guilt is I've done something wrong, shame is something is wrong about me. I, I am, am wrong. Um, but again, if, if we're not able to bring that to the light um, and, and find forgiveness and acceptance in Christ, then that can um, cause us to, to stay away. I, I think another temptation is to seek feeling good more than the movement of the Holy Spirit, right? Even if it's uncomfortable or painful, and I think this gets to what we mentioned before about, uh, about dryness. Um, if we find ourselves in a season of our walk with the Lord where it just it doesn't feel as good as it did before. And if our history up to this point has been, man, every time I go, yeah, I just I, I leave energized and, and joyful and all this kind of stuff, and we start to not to experience that, um, that can cause us to kind of shy away. But I want to encourage us, if, if that's your experience, and especially if that's your experience now, don't, don't shy away, but continue to present yourself to the Lord. So even in those times of dryness, it, yes, it could be that, in, and I think that we should take time to examine our hearts um, if there is a, you know, any, any sin or anything that we're harboring and that we haven't confessed. But you know what? If you've done that and you feel like you're clean and, you, and you're still, you're going to the Word, you're spending time with the Lord in, in prayer and it still just just feels dry, it could just be that he's starting to move in a different way than he has in the past. Right, he he wants to mature us. And a lot of times, early in our in our walk with the Lord, um, you know, it's new. It's 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 so exciting, and I think a lot of times we just, you know, he blesses us with those kinds of experiences and in feelings to help us to keep coming back and to keep filling ourselves with the Word and everything. But there's a time when, as we go on in, in maturity, um, our walk with Him needs to become not about how we feel, not about how he makes us feel, but about a a deepening and abiding love for him, um, for who he is. So yeah. Hey Scott, could it also mean that we didn't move on the last word that he gave us? It could. It could. Yeah, I you know, I, I don't think that it's I don't think there's a formula um, that says God, you know, God always works in this way, I, I think there are things that we can do to, to ask, yeah, all right, is there a sin in my life that I need to confess? Is there something where you, you called me to obey and to follow you in this area, and, and, I, and I didn't? I'm, I'm still holding out. Um, or just, you know, God, are, are, are you trying to do a deeper work or a new work or a different kind of work in me? And that, to Carl point, is where having people come alongside us where this is no longer just, all right, this is just about me and this is just my practice, but having people, peers and and mentors to come alongside of us and help us to interpret what is going on, especially in those times of dryness, is very helpful, is very helpful. So if if you're in that place and you don't have anybody that you're tracking with to help you interpret what's going on... That's the first thing I would do this week. Get in touch with the pastor, small group leader, mentor, and just share. And bring them in to what's going on. And, and enable them to walk with you and, and to begin to listen to the Spirit with you to help you to interpret how God is, is moving. Um, <clears throat> there's also a few other seasonal and circumstantial challenges. Um, we we got to round out. So, seasons of life... Um, Different stages of life, uh, you know, they just have different dynamics. Uh, when you're single, you have a lot of time. Uh, when you have kids, you have very little time. Um, when you're retired, I am assuming that you start to have more time. Um, but, you know, it's not just time. It's also commitments. Um, it, it's, it's also, you know, even the, the state of our body. Um, certain things are easier at different times in, in our life. And so... Take that into account as um, you're thinking about the disciplines that, that you practice. It's, it's okay to make changes. Um, so, you know, for example, there were a few weeks um, where, you know, our, our youngest, Barrett, is just not sleeping. I mean, he was, he was sleeping like seven hours a night for the first, like, three months. I was like, thank you. You, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know where this came from, but uh, I, I will take it. And then he started getting back to like three hours a night, and then it became you know every two hours. And uh, you know, I it's just really hard to get up and do the same kind of quiet time when you're getting like broken two hours of sleep and maybe like four or five hours of sleep at night, it's just hard, and so. Rather than you know, beating myself up for not being able to do the same thing, what I did was I just, you know, I, I shifted. You know, I just acknowledged that for this time, this is a time of weakness for me. And yet I know that God's desire is still for me to be in the Word and to still be praying. And so for that time, I used a lectionary just to help me, um, where the, the prayers and the scriptures are already written out. And all I have to do is open the book and read it. And pray it And you know what? That was such a blessing, because if it took me having to go and find the scripture and all this kind of stuff, and I don't think I could have done it. I needed something very simple. Um, so season of life, circumstances. You know, if you're on vacation or if it's a crunch time at work or whatever, just take that into account. and then God's movement. Um, so season of life, circumstances and God's movement. You know, again, God may be working in an area of your life. Where you need to focus your attention. And that may, be, uh, that may require maybe letting go of one discipline or lessening the time in one area so that you can increase the time in another area where you believe he really is trying to, to focus your attention.
2: Scott, say those three
0: again. Yes, season of life, circumstances, and God's movement. All right, so the practical part. What disciplines should we engage in? Um, Think about this in a helpful way that I've found is, is thinking about it in terms of two categories, and that's spiritual rhythms and spiritual regimens. So spiritual rhythms and spiritual regimens. So spiritual rhythms are those classical disciplines that help maintain an ongoing turning of the heart toward God and away from the world and, and, the, and the flesh. So these are things that um, you know, the, the church throughout our history has found helpful in keeping us grounded. Um, that, you know what, if you don't do anything else, you need to be doing these. And so for those of us who have an evangelical persuasion it's what you find in the quiet time, essentially. You know, we're getting into the Word, Bible study, meditation, prayer, um, those, those kinds of things. Um, I, I would throw in solitude, even. I, I think if, if you're not taking some time to get away by yourself and with God and away from distractions, it's going to be very difficult to protect the life um, of your heart with God because um, there's so much that makes demands on you. So, um, you know, to go back to the training metaphor, this is like running, you know? I mean, if you want to play a sport, there's pretty much no way of getting around running. You just have to run, because you got to build up your cardio, you know, you got to build up your, your muscles. You just have to run, you know? Um, just like if you're a Christian, you got to get in the Word, and you got to stay in the Word. So those are spiritual rhythms. Those are most of the things that, that we're more familiar with when we think about disciplines. But there's another idea, spiritual regimens. And these are time-boxed, specific plans to grow with the spirit in an area of godliness. Um, so again, we're asking the question: what kind of person must I become to live out, you know, this specific command from the heart, or to, you know, begin producing this, this virtue? And so Think about these as like little little projects um, if God has really convicted you that you know what you 're all right scott you know what you 're not a joyful person hmm. you know what i think that 's true most of the time i if i 'm honest i 'm i 'm not okay why is it well you know all right i 'm going to go i 'm going to read some scriptures about joy i 'm i 'm going to see kind of how that operates i 'm going to see that you know what a lot of of how joy is produced is through gratitude and thankfulness. And so I'm going to set a plan for this week. I'm going to spend five minutes at the end of every day, and I'm just going to write out what I'm thankful for and where I can be grateful to God for what he did today. Again, that's something practical that I can do, leading with the body, but it's engaging me with the Lord um, in a place where He can begin to, to work in me. Um, the goals that we do every week, when you set your goal uh, with, with your group at the end of this time, you're essentially creating a regimen. This isn't something that you're going to continue to do indefinitely. It's something where you want to take something that you've learned and a conviction that the, the Lord has placed on your heart, and you want to put it into practice. So that God can encounter you and that you can grow in that area. So that's that's a regimen. Yes. what um, are some examples in the scripture of people who develop regimens in the scripture? Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> Carlos got got his hand up. What what were you gonna say?
1: Mm-hmm. My you should, some of you should be already teachers. Mm-hmm. Growing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I guess what I mean is that yeah. I, I see a lot of examples in scripture about people developing rhythms. Yeah.
0: People in the war, people in prayer, this kind of thing. I'm just wondering if there's any specific. It turns out to be a prison. Yeah.
2: Sometimes you think of a regiment where
0: people do what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to think through. Um, one uh, honestly one doesn't specifically co- come to mind right now unless Dan's got Daniel three times Daniel Oh yeah but that's a rhythm. Yeah, that's rhythm. Yeah. That's that's Yeah, Yeah, but that's a rhythm, not a rhythm. Go back to the first well can it's a time three times a day. Yeah, I you know, I I'd say I'd, at some point I think I think the distinction breaks down a, a little bit. And so, you know, maybe it's trying to... What well, the point that I'm trying to get at is <clears throat> when you think about about the disciplines that you're engaging in, um, from a chronological standpoint, you know, okay, what are those disciplines that you would engage in on a on an ongoing daily basis or on an ongoing weekly basis? Um, but, you know, there, there are... There are points in 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 your life where you may need to practice one specific discipline just for a specific you know amount of amount of time, but it's not going to be an ongoing thing like forever, it just maybe you know that god you just feel God really wants you to engage in in fasting or to learn contentment in a, in a certain way um, so i you know I, I think the distinction at some point breaks down this is just, just to say that. It's okay to um, engage in a discipline for a shorter amount of time um, for a specific purpose. It's not that we have to keep on adding and adding and adding and accruing so that it becomes onerous. If that like makes they, like, sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good a, a good example. I mean, it, it was something he felt like. He was to do for a specific amount of time, but it wasn't an ongoing. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would say, too, yeah. for families, it's so helpful when you're raising kids, because if they see you giving thanks for meals in a genuine way, you always do that. It's kind of a regiment. If they see you. <coughs> especially in the training of our families.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which I was thinking, you know, a lot of it, too, it, this has to do with how the Holy Spirit's leading you. You know, because, I mean, there's a time that God, <coughs> God may tell you to fast. You know, there may be times that God tells you,
2: well, so you need to study, you know, uh, uh, Matthew. There may be times that God hmm. says, you know, okay, you need to, to spend time with your family and not be so isolated. You know what I mean?
0: No, that's 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 it exactly. Yeah. Well, I, Yeah, no, that's uh, I couldn't say it any better. It's about intentionality. Yeah.
3: sacrifice of um you know giving up a sunday morning soccer game to
0: to be here yeah you know, yeah it, it,
3: it's it's not always uh, feel good training
0: yeah but uh, the results yeah are it's about the goal eternal. yeah 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 that has value not just for this life as Paul says but for the life the life to come yeah um, yeah, so it, you know, it, it, comes down to intentionality, um, and, and that, that's why I've got the little piece on creating a plan, um, whether it's an ongoing rhythm or it's a time box practice, let's just, let's get intentional about that, and, and a, a big way to do that is, um, is writing it down, so keep it simple, um, I think more and more simple is sustainable, keep it simple, um think through your schedule, you know, I, I'd encourage you to, to think about, all right, what does this look like each day? You know, kind of what's, what's the rhythm that I want to be in during the day? <clears throat> on a weekly basis, is there maybe something that I'd, I wouldn't do every day, but maybe on a weekly basis I would do? So, like, for me, I've, I've found that practicing solitude is really difficult to do that every day, but once a week, I can take a little time on a Saturday morning to get out and go for a walk by myself, and that's it. And I can finally get away from everything and all the noise and the bustle, and I can just listen and just listen to, uh, to God. So daily, weekly, monthly, or even yearly, you know. Um, yearly could be things like uh, if, you know, if you're able to, to go um, and take a weekend retreat or something like that um, to spend some, just some concerted time. Uh, with the Lord and so again write it down and share it Um, if if you don't have anybody that you're tracking through um, sharing you know what you're doing sharing your challenges sharing just what's going on um, in your walk with the Lord uh, you know find that person we got people around our tables um, engage your your fellow group members and and share and learn so, uh, coming up, past time, Kim. Uh, I think everybody has body, have, have a rhythm, for everybody's body. And yeah. I, I know my
2: rhythm, and if I would study studying five time, if I don't do it in the morning, it's probably not going to get done. I'll study mm-hmm. do it after lunch or I'll do it after dinner. Yeah. And same with working out. If I don't go to the gym in the morning, yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you know your rhythm, you try to box it in hmm. when you're at your peak. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very wise. Very wise. Yes. So pay attention to to how your body works. Don't fight it. Work with it. Definitely. Um listed some resources there, um Celebration of Discipline, um that's probably the main uh, you know, primary book out there that that uh, most people are familiar with. Uh, Don Whitney has Disciplines of the Christian Life. Um, it's very good, very um, you know, scriptural, biblical. A um, few others here, um, Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. Um, that's not so much a practical as it is more of a um, kind of framework for uh, understanding disciplines. Um, I've got a website here for... Uh, guy who teaches at Biola is the head of their spiritual formation program and they have a, a free class online on spiritual formation which the last part covers spiritual disciplines but um, I've, I've just found that really helpful in terms of thinking about um, how we grow and how we engage in the disciplines and it's free uh, and then um, this book by Steve Makia Crafting a Rule of Life this is Thinking about rhythms um, from the standpoint of uh, you know, for us to to really live in the freedom of of how God has made us and who He has made us to be and who He's calling us to be, a lot of times freedom is is actually paradoxically about limitations. It's about recognizing our own limitations, um, and it's about placing boundaries of, of what we will do and of what we won't do so that we can give ourselves more intentionally to those things that we believe God has called us to. Uh, and so um, that that book, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. He's out of Gordon-Conwell. Um, crafting a, a Rule of Life will guide you through that process of just you know, discerning with God, okay, if I want to think more macro about these rhythms um, so that I can... kind of have the most life-giving and empowering uh, approach to life and the use of my time um, that'll help you to do that so here's a list of disciplines here Um, was gonna go through some of that but I don't have time again if you want any practical guidance on how to do disciplines these books are good Um, I'm sure there's probably resources here at the the church as well Um, real quick before we go into group time um, your assignment. If you turn on the back page, so you won't have to do a, a goal this week unless you want to, because um, your assignment this week is uh, to to create uh, a, a spiritual regimen. And so the idea here is, you know, it'll it'll walk you through step by step, taking time um, to just be quiet, to listen to the Lord um, in an area of your life where He wants you to focus. And then, um, you know, prayerfully create just a, a simple way that you can put that into practice this week. And then just to write a reflection on that uh, at the end of that, you know, not long, 250, 300 words. I think that's like half a page or something like that. Um, and then you can either send that to me on Realm or uh, just bring it and put it in your folder when you come back uh, next time. So, Any questions? All right. Well, we got 15 minutes, so let's take a little time. you got your thought journal. You know, write down that one or, there's one or two things that stood out for you, and then let's just uh, discuss among the group since you already have your goal.